In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We use our hands quite a lot in life. So often, sometimes we tend to take them for granted. Just how important hands are for things like eating, dressing, and working. Hands were important in the Old Testament for the priests, too. At their ordination, their thumb, along with their ear and their toe, would be marked with blood so that their hands would be consecrated, set aside, made holy for the sacrifices they were to perform before God for themselves and for Israel. In the tabernacle, their hands would be placed upon the unblemished lamb that transfer the sin of the people. In the holy places, their hands would be lifted up in prayer and the hands would spread the blood of the lamb for atonement for themselves and for God's people. And the book of Hebrews that we heard a few minutes ago reminds us of something truly remarkable, that God himself also has hands. Jesus' hands aren't metaphorical or symbolic hands. They are real hands. He has fingernails and knuckles, joints and bones and tendons, veins, tissue, hands that blessed little children and healed the sick, hands that were pierced and bloody on the cross for you, Hands that still, even in his resurrection and ascension, bear the scars of our redemption. Hands that are even now raised in prayer for us. Behold the man, Jesus, our great high priest, our mediator, intercessor, advocate, redeemer. But unlike the priests of old who died, Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews says the priestly king of righteousness. Unlike the priest of old, Jesus also has no sin, so that he can bear our sin upon himself. Behold the man who, though he is also God, he still intercedes for men, for us, before God. Behold God who became a man, and who as man still intercedes and prays for us men. But if we're honest with ourselves, we have a little bit of an issue with somebody being our intercessor, someone who is going to go between us and something or someone else, because it implies that we are, by ourselves, insufficient for the task, that we can't get to God on our own. An intercessor implies that we cannot climb any kind of ladder whatsoever to God. We cannot plead our own case before him that Jesus takes on human flesh for us, becomes an eternal priest for man and for God, implies that we, on our own, by ourselves, aren't good enough, that we need somebody else to take up the case for us. Indeed, behold the man. Much as we might not like it or cringe at it, the truth is we're not good enough. Who of us calls upon God as we ought to? Who of us has thoughts that are undistracted when we pray? Who of us loves God perfectly, enough to approach him in prayer all the time, in ceaselessly? Who of us keeps the Sabbath perfectly by hearing the word of God and gladly hearing it and learning it? Or uses the name of God correctly, never letting slip any name in vain when things don't maybe go according to plan? Or call upon it regularly, or study the scriptures, or hear? Who of us? Not one, I imagine. We, in fact, make poor priests on our own 
We cannot be a priest for ourselves. So behold the man, Jesus, who is for you a perfect high priest. Because it's true, in our sin we cannot approach a holy God. We need someone, therefore, to step in, to take our place, to plead our case before our Heavenly Father for us. Behold the man who takes on your flesh. He will take up our cause before our Heavenly Father. Behold the man in Jesus who has a voice and raises that voice for us before the Father. He has hands that he folds and raises in prayer for us. A head that he can bow reverently in prayer for us. Behold the man who prays perfectly for you. The high priest whose office, whose duty and job it is to pray for you, his beloved. To pray for you without ceasing, in fact. To raise his hands in prayer for you. His eyes always lifted and looking at the Father for you. His lips that form words and syllables and petitions for you. He intercedes for us. And what does he pray? John 17 records the whole chapter of Jesus' high priestly prayer where he says that I do not ask for these only, that is, his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me. That we may be one just as you, Father, are one. That they also may be in us. That the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. See, Jesus prays for his disciples. He prays for his church here and gathered throughout the world and throughout all time. But he also prays for you. Because we sinners cannot approach a holy God on our own, Jesus comes and intercedes. He stands between our sinful, fallen rebelliousness and the Holy Gracious Father. Because our rebellious petitions would fall on deaf ears otherwise, Jesus becomes the obedient Son for you, takes on human flesh, and prays for you, and gives voice to our prayers that we have today as well. Since we're unable to keep ourselves from sin or from idolatry or rebellion, Jesus prays that the Father would keep us, that he would hold us in his name, the name that is placed upon us in baptism, that he would keep us from the evil one, just as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, as perfect God and perfect man, all in one person, comes and prays for you. Constantly. Ceaselessly. So in Jesus, who prays, we pray without end. That means that we are no longer rebels against our Heavenly Father, no longer sinful aliens no longer unable to bend the Father's ear with our petitions, because in Jesus we pray perfectly. Not because of anything we've done or do regularly or correctly or all at the right times, but because in Jesus our prayers are perfect. Because of his death and resurrection. Because of his hands outstretched on the cross and his hands outstretched in prayer. Jesus' voice is perfect. And so in him, so is yours. Because Jesus is the man who intercedes for us, we have hope. A Lord who prays for us. A man who redeemed you. The God who became man for you and Savior for you. The man on the cross. The man who prays and is your priest now and forever. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.